0: Hello and welcome to episode number 85 of the Lions podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joined each and every week by Brett Colson and Fairway J. We break down all the big bets, all the big news, all of the comings and goings and happenings here in this crazy gambling industry of ours. We are. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts as well. So please go in, subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate all of those five stars and certainly will help us climb the rankings there. More people can find this podcast at The Lines US, at Playpicks US on the Twitter machine if you guys want to follow us there on social media. Pretty interesting week in the NFL culminated by a very interesting Monday night football game. We will talk about that here in just a second. We will talk about how that affected futures odds. There are ways that you can bet on an event that doesn't happen until April. And no, I'm not talking about the masters. That is already up over at FanDuel. We'll talk about that as well. A little in-play strategy betting. And of course, as always, we'll look ahead to the week in the NFL to come here. But, Brett, let's go ahead and start things off here with uh, Monday night football and how things went there. Uh, you and I kind of handicapped this way this, this, the game on Monday night a different way. Um, I didn't end up I didn't end up betting a side, but I did bet the total, so I lost as well. I ended up betting props that I lost. I just thought that this Rams defense was was built to. Again, we, we did not say stop Lamar Jackson. We thought they could contain him. That was quite obvious on the very first drive of the entire game that they had no clue and were completely lost as to what was going on out there. Um, this is one of those times where, you know, we've talked about it several times on this podcast, where sometimes you, you go back, you look at what you did, you try to figure out where you went wrong. And I think this is probably a situation for you and I to sit back and take a look at this and figure out how and try and figure out at least, how we just got so incredibly blinded and we're so incredibly wrong.
1: Oh yeah. We talked last week on the podcast about right side versus wrong side. And I argued that it's, it's near impossible to say whether a team was on the right side after a single game, there's just too many, too many variables that can impact the outcome, the score of one game. But then there are games like Monday night. And like you said, for those who didn't listen to our podcast on Friday, I was heavy on the Los Angeles Rams against Baltimore. Rams getting three or three and a half, depending on where and when you got them. I loved everything about this play. The market, we could sell the Ravens at their highest price point ever. The matchups, I thought the Ravens had some plus matchups, or at the very least, higher expectation than perceived by the market, especially in pass protection. And I could not have been more wrong about all of it. This that was an onslaught. Like what I thought would the the Rams would be able to do in protecting golf and allowing him to make throws. Did not happen. Like, we knew the Rams would blitz. They've been blitzing a lot since they got Jimmy Smith back in that lineup. They went after Goff from the get go and said, beat us. And Jared Goff couldn't do it because he has zero trust in his offensive line. He cannot pick up blitzes and where they're coming from. He's just getting the ball out too early. Receivers weren't out of their breaks and the ball was flying by their heads. It was just, it was painful to watch last night, man. And on the other side of the ball, I mean, Greg Roman's just putting on a clinic. With that ground game, they, they are unstoppable. And, and that Rams secondary looked lost in the passing game, too. So I, I was certainly on the wrong side of this. And like you said, it's one of those rare situations where you have to make substantial, uh, substantial adjustments on both sides going forward. The Ravens are a machine on offense. Like, we've now seen this several weeks against good defenses. That's enough to tell me that this is probably a couple points better than I had been capping them. And the Rams are complete dust, I guess. I mean, uh, this team is sucked into a long-term deal with a bad quarterback that they can't protect. And this is a really bad situation in LA and, and a really bad read by me last
0: night. Jay, I, you know, I'm a big prop player. I went into this game. They had set Lamar Jackson at 70 and a half yards rushing, which is more rushing yards in a week than you will see for most running backs. When you look at these player props a lot, and then they had, Mark Ingram said at 53 and a half, they even had Gus Edwards listed as well. I mean, it was a situation where I'm looking at a Rams defense allowing 3.3 yards per carry had been playing extremely well over the last few weeks. And I just uh, I thought that, you know, I thought that they were going to be sharp enough to go in and realize that, hey, You know, at the very least, and he probably could have done it with his arm, too, because I think we're selling Lamar Jackson short on what he can do with his arm as well. But I thought at the very least, the idea would be if he can beat us with his arm, then let's let him beat us with his arm, as opposed to allowing this team to just pin their ears back and run the ball down our throat. The. Uh, The uh, The over on Lamar Jackson was Destroyed in the second quarter of The game the over for Mark Ingram got there in the second quarter Of the game I had the under on both of These rushing props um This Rams team uh, did not have any answer whatsoever for the Ravens here. And uh, I think it just kind of goes back to sometimes where we look at these numbers and and I, I, you know, I'm a slave to the numbers sometimes, I think, and I'm a slave to the math and my, my eyeball test told me that this Ravens team was better than this Rams team. My eyeball test told me that Lamar Jackson and this team was going to be able to do whatever they wanted to do against this Rams team. But I went to the numbers and I just was a slave to the numbers here. And I think sometimes maybe we have to just uh, break away from what we have on on our sheets here and how we're looking at these games when you just have such a bad feeling in your gut. And I did. I had a bad feeling about it. And it punished me last night. I got hammered
2: when that happens you know um i'm actually surprised i I had my best sunday of the season and and surprisingly didn't come back and play the ravens because i talked so much about the rushing guidelines and knew they'd have some success didn't think they'd quite have this much success um against the rams running for 285 48 carries you know just domination as you said and You know, Jackson did not get there on uh, one of his props, which was combined rushing and passing yards. I know a bookmaker here in Las Vegas had two ninety-six and a half. He didn't get there, but it was still a tremendous performance. The only prop bet I won,
0: by the way. That was the only one. Yeah, that was the only one I
2: won. So good for yeah, lucky. Yeah. And uh, and then there was another one that took a lot of action, and that was Gurley over his rushing yards. And of course, he never even sniffed at Six carries, twenty-two yards. So. Um, Bad performance. The Rams have had offensive line issues and um, I agree. I thought they'd at least put up a better effort at home and and slow somewhat the Ravens train, but it's been quite something here. And I think they're averaging 40 points a game or less five and by far. They're they're blowing away these rushing numbers from many many years here. They're at 210 a game now, and that's like 60 yards clear of the next closest team. And I it's a narrative that I go back to that the media and and it, we keep hearing you know this is a passing league, passing league. And if you just go to the top of the rushing teams that are running the ball the best this season, you'll see the you know, playoff teams are there. And then you go to the top of the passing stats, and you'll see two teams up there like Kansas City who's still uh, contending, but the Maybe from three to seven, they're losing teams. And if you control the line of scrimmage and do what the Ravens done, and then mix it in, you know, he's got a great tight end weapon. I I still want to see uh, maybe Jackson throw it. He's got an arm, obviously, but I want to see him a little more consistency um, deep ball. And again, I think there's some NFC teams that if they do make a run through the AFC to get to the Super Bowl, there's some really good defensive teams. Better, I think, in the AFC and or in the NFC, and then also. Uh, we, well, we saw what he did against new England Jackson. So he's, he's proven that he's right now, the MVP moving forward, although, um, Seattle quarterback still might have a state on the stretch, but there's still football and we're not giving them anything. And the Ravens are in a tremendous run. They've got to finish it out here. Maybe get one of the top two seeds, but you can't argue that last night he showed again. Um, he's been very near unstoppable here for a better part of six weeks and performed very well again.
0: Ravens will be six point as well as we sit right now recording this home favorites over the 49ers in week 13. We'll talk about that a little bit later here. But, Brett, we did have some fallout from the Ravens winning in the fashion that they did over the last few weeks here and how they've looked and, of course, getting it done in prime time where everybody's eyeballs are on this team. We have them now making a significant move as far as the Super Bowl odds
1: yeah, for the first time all season, we're seeing them emerge as the favorites to win the Super Bowl at Westgate as of this afternoon, Baltimore three to one to win uh, the Super Bowl, New England seven to two. So that's that's the first I've seen since like week one where the Patriots are not favored to win the Super Bowl. We're not seeing that movement here on the East Coast. I think there's certainly some some, some bias as far as, you know, where the bets are coming in. New England's still favored at DraftKings and FanDuel, plus 280 at DraftKings, plus 300 at FanDuel. But in Vegas, uh, at at the very least at Westgate, I haven't seen any other books yet, but uh, they are, the Ravens are now favored to win Super Bowl 54.
0: Yeah. And I mean, listen, it'd be very hard to, I guess it would be pretty hard to, to argue after what we've seen. I mean, you know, it's, it's, as Jay mentioned, there's still several weeks left of the season here, but As we sit, you know, on a Tuesday of Thanksgiving week heading into week 13, it would be very hard to argue that Baltimore isn't the best team, I think, in football right now. And they pretty much showed it from top to bottom. We talked about when we did talk about this game, the one thing we did mention is how much better their defense has been playing since the acquisition of Marcus Peters and getting Jimmy Smith back. We saw that yet again last night where, yeah, golf is bad anyway, but even 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 then, they just played so incredibly well. Marcus Peters with an awesome over-the-shoulder interception. I mean, like this this secondary, kind of quietly here, Brett, is probably the best secondary in all of football at this point when you just look at playmakers and how they're able to line up because you're able to put Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters, and then move Marlon Humphrey over into the slot. Like, you have three top quality like high level starting corners in this league and when teams are starving just to have one corner that can actually play the fact that they have three is just uh, such an incredible advantage in, in today's nfl
1: yeah and that creates a lot of opportunity for them to get after the quarterback like you know we've said they have been blitzing a lot more since they've gotten smith and and peters and It's just a very different defense than we saw when they lost to the Browns earlier this season. They've just, it's been a complete different team. Uh, Scary, scary good. And uh, I I can totally understand why they are, why their odds are moving to win the the whole thing this year.
0: So you mentioned, uh, let's talk, we'll just talk DraftKings odds here. Patriots 280, Ravens 350. But Jay, we're seeing the Saints at 550, the 49ers at 600, And then you kind of get into the 10 to ones and longer here with Seahawks, Chiefs, Packers and Vikings coming in at 10, 11, 15 and 18 to one, respectively here. A lot of football left to play. There is certainly some capable teams here still on the list. You cannot bet the Bengals anymore. They are done so off the board. Are there any of these other teams here? And, uh, you know, I know you're not a big you're not a big futures guy, but, like, you know, for the people that might want to get involved. Are there any of these teams that you think are feisty, at least if they were to get into the playoffs? And, uh, you know, somebody wanted to take kind of a a 10 to 10 to one or longer uh,
2: shot here. Well, if you mention that number 10 to one, I've mentioned on this podcast before that I was pretty bullish on the Vikings still. And I have them at 20 to one. I did play them in the season. I'm, I'm 20. I'm 18. I played them at 16. Uh, recently and now they're down to 13 it was a team that i thought would only see their odds drop because i looked at their schedule and i thought if they can uh, keep moving forward their schedule you know I, i i like them this week against seattle taking three monday night in a prime time game and and you look at the rest of their schedule detroit at the chargers they'll be a short favorite maybe three three and a half depending how these next few weeks play out at uh, L.A. and then they have the big game in week 16 against Green Bay that could be for the division title and then the Bears to finish at home they're five and oh at home but you know if they were to be able to get into the playoffs and by chance one of the San Fran or New Orleans slip up a little bit and they could by chance get a bye you know they've proven they're an exceptional team at home they've got the balance they also have I think a plenty good enough defense so in terms of value if you look at the NFC I think they're as good as, and as any of the teams, you can maybe argue it's because of San Francisco's strength on defense, and if they had to go there, that's obviously would be a tough spot. But there's, a, I think, from a value above ten to one, they're the, they're the best bet of the of the group you mentioned that are going to be in the playoffs and, and have a chance. Seattle, uh, you know, let me just comment on that. I haven't been as high, but give so much credit, and Wilson keeps bringing them through. I'm not certain their defense is up to snuff, but the big game, of course, coming up. Uh, will be at the end of the season against San Francisco if they can hang on and still be within range there. But the Niners, there's no easy schedules looking moving forward. The Niners next two weeks at Baltimore and at New Orleans, they've got tough tough moving forward. They finish at Seattle. The Saints have San Francisco in two weeks. They play Indy. they got to finish at Tennessee and Carolina. So there's a lot to be played, since, uh, and I think the NSC has – you know, four quality teams to get through, and right now, it appears in the AFC that New England and Baltimore are the best. But KC maybe makes a move still down the stretch, and Houston's got to prove it. We saw what they did on the road the other week, so I'm not convinced on them yet either.
0: Brad, incredibly tough road. Don't get me wrong. I, I this, but we're just talking about if you wanted to take a, a lottery ticket shot here. Uh, Bills at sixty-six to one. Browns at seventy to one. And you kind of take a look at this Bills team that has... the I mean, the odds say that they are definitely going to make the playoffs this year. Then you look at the Browns, who go Steelers, Bengals, Cardinals. And then you do have that Ravens game, but then Bengals again. So the Bengals twice, Steelers with Duck at quarterback... And absolutely no run game to speak of whatsoever. Literally would have to win this game on nothing but defense. They're going to need to get a, like three defensive scores to, to to beat the Browns. And then, uh, you know, let's let's chalk up the Ravens as a loss. And then the Cardinals would definitely be a tough game, but one that I, you know, definitely, definitely would say that they are, you know, very live in and certainly could win. So, I mean, you know, if, if you win Steelers, you win both Bengals. Now you're uh, now you're looking at a win at the Cardinals. And if that's the case, Brown's probably getting in the playoffs. And as I mentioned, your 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 uh, your bills definitely going to be in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, don't put the bills. They have no chance. Uh, The Browns, (laughs) Browns, I I disagree, but yes, go ahead. (laughs) The bills aren't winning. The bills aren't going to win the Super Bowl. They can't do it with Josh Allen. But the Browns, I kind I can get there because you've got some contenders in the AFC South wiping each other out here late in the season. And like you said, the Browns schedule is super soft and they have the talent. They don't have miles Garrett anymore, but they have the talent on both sides of the ball. uh, I think to, to maybe, cause some ruckus in the playoffs they don't have the coaching and so i mean that that's obviously the big issue there's definitely
0: not but i mean you're as far as like you're saying but if we're looking at someone who wants to you know play a lottery ticket i mean 70 to 1 for a team that with a schedule you know with a schedule like theirs you know i i think that someone could could get a decent sweat out of that at least and speaking of speaking of lottery tickets if you're feeling frisky and hear me out on this
1: one if there is a time to bet the Philadelphia Eagles, it is right now. Their Super Bowl odds dropped from twenty-five to one to forty to one this past week, but that division is still wide open, and they're going to be getting healthier here down the stretch. Hopefully, with games against the Dolphins, Giants, Redskins. They're at home against Dallas, and then the Giants again
2: to close Thank out much. the season. Look at that schedule! Wow, like,
1: that is a schedule you dream of when you're coming down the the stretch with your backs against the wall, and they we've we've seen them kind of sneak up at the end of the year before when they did it a couple of years ago. They were long shots then with Nick Foles. I, I could see them getting to the playoffs and doing something. So at 40 to 1, I think that's the best lottery ticket on the board right now.
0: And I think this is why we talk about how why we prefer to play these kind of futures in season as opposed to preseason, because, you know, you're going to just get exponentially better odds for teams that you feel like still are live and and you're really not going to get that much worse odds for teams that are good that just continue to be good so Jay I think you've said that here on the pod several different times I mean like the teams with short odds to begin the season you're as the season progresses you're not really going to get that much worse odds on them if you decide down the line to go ahead and take them but uh, value does present itself as we get further into the season on teams that we do think still are live, whether it be because they're going to get in people back from injury or whether it be because as we just pointed out with a couple of these different teams, they just have cupcake schedules down the, down the stretch.
2: Yeah. And one thing I, I, I didn't have the bills and Cleveland written down or their schedules in front of me, but I actually played the bills earlier in the season, 66 to one. And now I didn't double check their odds and just heard, uh, you say that they were 66 to one now. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought at the time when I played them that they again their numbers would come down, and they did. But I agree, they're probably they're not Super Bowl caliber, but you've seen stranger things happen. And if you're going to take a flyer, I think it is in the AFC. I, I, I think you're on the right track with potentially Cleveland or Buffalo as a consideration. And yeah, you can argue, boy, Baltimore's looks unstable. New England, if they're at home and they've got just a, their defense is every bit as good as it's shown despite a softer schedule. Um, but I think uh, if you're going to see to me um, a longer shot come out, I believe it's going to come through the AFC Cause I think the four teams that are very solid in the NFC, one of them are going to come. And I don't think it's, you know, Dallas or Philadelphia is not one of those that are in there. I don't believe they're coming through.
0: If you are anybody that likes to lock up your money for six months, uh, here we go. We have a, we have an option for you here, Brett. Uh, over at FanDuel, they've gone ahead and released the NFL draft odds. So we have the first showing. Of the NFL draft odds here popping up at FanDuel over on the East Coast. And this is the only thing they have listed right now. It's just for for number one overall pick. Of course, there will be a ton more listed as we get closer to the actual draft itself. But the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow Even money for Joe Burrow to be the number 1 overall pick. Chase Young, plus 175. Justin Herbert at plus 350. Andrew Thomas, plus 1,000. Tua coming in at 1,100. And Fromm at 1,900. So here we are, Burrow coming out at even money. So they are thinking that Joe Burrow is going to be the next quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals.
1: I love it. I'm one of those nerds who looks at draft mocks all year long and like reads Dane Brugler at the the Athletic and his write ups during the the whole college football season. So uh, this is pretty exciting just to see that their odds are already up and uh, not a surprise at all to see Joe Burrow at even money. I wonder what his odds would have been before the season to be the number one pick. I mean, two was had to be like close to a lock there. He's now plus 1100. That's it's pretty amazing. It just goes to show that nothing is a lock when it comes to the NFL draft. So I, I never advise getting in early on some of these uh on some of these markets and, and betting huge favorites as we saw with the Heisman as well. So uh yeah, Burrow is kind of shaking things up here,
0: hasn't he? It is pretty interesting, I think, as well, Jay, as we take a look at this, because I mean it's not locked up, right, that the Bengals are going to get the number one overall pick in the draft. And it looks like they have decided with the the move here to go back to Andy Dalton that they don't want to finish this season w- you know without a win it looks like they they have decided like hey we want to at least get a win on the board here dolphins still sitting with only two wins you have the Redskins still sitting out there with only two wins and you know um, it's not out of the realm of possibility the Bengals could sneak in a couple of wins here this season so pretty interesting that Burrow is just uh, you know it it makes perfect sense to Burrow to the Bengals but you know say it's the Dolphins or say that it's the Redskins then it doesn't make sense for burrow to go there so pretty interesting that they're basically saying here that the uh the odds makers have penciled in the Bengals as the number one overall pick here to uh to take this uh to take joe burrow number one overall and i think if the Bengals do get it i mean they've decided they pretty much told andy dalton they're moving on from him as they benched him earlier in the season so they i think the writing was on the wall that the Bengals are going to take a quarterback
2: it appears almost definitely i'm not a talent evaluator for nfl i Burroughs certainly appears to have the skill sets and he's moved up the ranks to maybe be considered number one but uh the Bengals, you know show me where they're going to win two games even i they'd have to beat the jets this week but at cleveland new england and then cleveland at home their potential is week 16 at miami to get a win um this is a tough team we we were we thought miami was the worst but record wise it appears it's going to be cincinnati and they fit the mold definitely have the quarterback come number one
0: brett i know you're not a I know you're not a Burrow believer as far as uh, him being worthy of the number one overall pick here. But uh, again, it lo- looks like when you're when you kind of just put all when you connect all the dots here, the benching of Dalton, the uh, experiment with Finley that did not work out the going back to Dalton now because Finley didn't work out and all that. It just seems like the dots pretty much all lead to Burrow here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we we we, we talked about this uh, probably what was it three weeks ago, a month ago, when the Bengals were giving Finley a shot. I, I loved that move just to see what they have with Finley. And if they don't have it, then you take a quarterback. I I love Chase Young. I think he's a huge difference maker. But at the same time, if you pass on a can't miss guy and if, if Burrow ends up being that guy, That's going to hang over your franchise for a long time, and there are some other good quarterbacks here. I mean, Herbert's fine. Uh, Tua, I mean, Tua has been the guy that's been talked about as the you know the can't miss guy for a long time here, in in this class. So I mean, there are guys they could get later on, maybe in the draft. Jake Jake Fromm is there as well, but I think it has to be Burrow. Yeah,
0: it's it's weird to say that I you know for an O and eleven team that I actually like what they did, but I mean. In a weird way, I like what the 0-11 team did here because you put Finley out there, the guy couldn't hardly complete 50% of his passes, looked like a complete deer in the headlights, absolutely no semblance of any sort of offense whatsoever with him under center, so at least if you're the Bengals, it's not one of these things where they go, well you know do we do we need to take quarterback here because i mean we had finley and we didn't really know what he's all about i mean they they at least put him out there they threw him to yeah they threw him you know to the wolves essentially but if there was at least some sort of anything that maybe led you to believe that he could possibly with more starts or more reps or more, whatever uh, be that guy for you, then maybe it becomes a decision for the Bengals. But, you know, again, barely completed 50% of his passes. And I mean, I'm sure you guys watched at least some of these Bengals games over the last several weeks. And I mean, the guy just, he just doesn't, I mean, just, you know, it's the reason why we had really never heard of him whenever they decided to stick him under center, because he just doesn't have what it takes to be an NFL quarterback.
1: Yeah, and I think I like what they're doing with Dalton, too. I mean, it comes down to culture versus future, right? Like, do you want to bring back a team of players who went winless last year with that stigma around them all season? I think I would just rather go get a win and then see what happens from there.
0: Jay, I want to talk a little bit about in-play strategy here because, uh, you know, we try to hit on some of these different topics in the industry as we do this podcast each week, and one of the ones is is in-game. And so – and this is just top of mind for me and so wanted to – Wanted to kind of get this out there, but, uh, you know, I was on, you know, I was on the under last night and it was very evident to me very quickly that that was the wrong. That was just going to that was going to end very poorly for me. That that was a bad bet that i you know, as we talked about the top of the show, I assumed that the Rams were going to be able to slow down the the Ravens and that was not the case. And so I just saw real quick that it looked like I had 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 a bet that was going to be a loser. I jump in in game, took the over. And so, you know, whatever, basically bought out of it and, and, and ended up pushing for the night. Now, it depends on how much you're betting. I think, you know, if it's. If you're if you're a small better than, you know, and you're only going to lose 25 bucks or 50 bucks or something like that, then, you know, I don't necessarily think that you have to be getting in, getting in and trying to kind of hedge off of a bad position. But, you know, I think it's something we can kind of drive home here. And I'd like to hear your your in play strategy as well. But. Um, For me, I the reason I watch so much of these games and the reason I am paying attention to four or five games at a time, especially the ones that I have significant action on is, you know, I'm looking for opportunities where I either can get more action down when I feel like I'm on a good side of a bet. Or when I know that I'm holding a dog, you know, I'll I'll suck it up right there, right then and there. I don't wait till the end of the game to lick my wounds. Like if I feel like I can buy off of this thing and, and save myself some money, I'll do it. And, you know, for, you know, last night was a, a case of that. And I think that maybe more people can, instead of just always just accepting that they're holding a loser can maybe come out with, you know, whatever, losing a little bit of juice, but you're not losing an entire stake.
2: Yeah. You have to be able, certainly if you're, betting live and in game, you want to be watching as much as you can. I know guys that bet half times that don't necessarily have to see as much of the game. They can look at the numbers, figure what uh, maybe the book has as liability, but also some of the statistical things. But in game, um, I, I definitely know this, that on the, for example, the Cowboys and Patriots game was one, I, I think it was Caesar's biggest in game loss on a total this season. And so when you can get ahead or you see not only the weather situation but uh, teams struggling maybe to move the ball and obviously the de- defense is stepping up you know that the number, you know the in-game number is just going to keep coming down if there's going to be less less scoring so you, you want to try to get ahead of that and make the play and stick to it and, and, and you have the opportunity in an in-game to keep betting it and keep betting it. and that's what happened in a game uh, between the Cowboys and the Patriots as far as your other strategy if you realize that like you said you may be on the wrong side that's the eye test and it's also I think looking at the line of scrimmage how teams are Moving the ball, are they going to be able to stop them? Um, that all comes into play, and all that being said, I, I've, I've seen many times, and you've been in the sports books, I've been in the poker rooms, and I listen to people say, you know, um. They're up 20 to nothing at halftime. How are they ever going to stop? But you see teams come back. I mean, it was just, I don't know, three weeks ago we saw the Bears were just horrific on the road and just getting annihilated and looked terrible. And they come back and a couple touchdowns in the second half. And So it's, it's its not always that easy to see that adjustment. But I think from a total standpoint and seeing uh, that the teams are struggling um, and the defense is really playing well, you can get hopefully ahead of that. Some and, and especially now with the weather at this time of year.
0: Yeah. And I think the other thing that people can look for if you're you know, again, if you're if you're not doing this recreational, if you're doing it and you want to turn a profit and you're trying to to make some money here is looking at middle opportunities as well. And that's the other thing that I really look for in game, especially if I have a middle that lands on one of the big time key numbers is one of the things that I'm also like really looking for as well. So, you know, it's, I think that that's something if you're, again, trying to make some money in in game, if you can find where you can middle and that middle t- is a three or that middle is a seven. Uh, I'll take the shot on that uh, more times than not. Now I might be ending up paying juice that night and and not winning as much money as I could have. But so many games land on three and seven that you know I, I will more times than not if I have that opportunity will go ahead and try and take it because. Uh, you know, winning two bets, winning two bets is better than winning uh, than winning just one. So just another thing that you can definitely take a look at within play. That is something that if a game goes, uh, you know, quickly awry in one direction or the other, sometimes opens up some pretty decent little middle opportunities and something that you can pay attention to. And Brett, I'm pretty sure people aren't real sure about the whole middling thing. You, you've you got an article over on the lines that kind of explains everything, right?
1: I'm pretty sure we do. I'll have to. Bump that up to the homepage because yeah, that's definitely an interesting one with the in-play. I haven't played much in-play yet. I'm waiting for New York to get its act together over here and launch online betting, so uh, I haven't dabbled. But I I have played around with the apps during some of these island games and just seeing how the odds move after each play and the factors that shift these numbers. I mean, what is there anything like in the game flow that you guys look for, like an injury to Maybe an offensive lineman or, or a pass rusher whose whose value to a team might go overlooked by the algorithm or like motivation. I know I saw some sharp people on the uh, the Titans second half on Sunday because uh, like we talked about, the light is out with this Jags team and they weren't even trying. And so I think a lot of people saw that as an opportunity. I mean, what do you guys look for if you're not looking for middles? What else are you guys looking for?
2: Injuries. So, uh I think it was Lane Johnson, the Eagles, uh, star tackle, you know, if he goes down like we saw and it's during the course of the game. Um, you you, definitely along the line of scrimmage, even more so than some of the skilled position players, because if they're going to struggle now offensively without a key guy in that particular incident, when Johnson went down, they just couldn't get the, Ball moving it at all, but now we've seen that it's more than that with the Eagles because we've seen it in a few weeks they haven't been able to move the ball at all uh, or very limited. Uh, so, injuries obviously a, a key component, but back to some of the others is. Whether you're going to see the adjustments in the lines. And I think uh, Matt makes a good point about middling. If you're really on top and watching it and you're anticipating and looking at, you know, are they going to make three? Are they going to get a first down? Are they going to have to punt? And you're going to see the see the numbers and in game numbers change. You can hopefully take advantage of some of that.
0: Yeah, you you guys both nailed for me. I mean, I'm mostly looking for offensive line uh, injuries in a game, and that will help me kind of get my in-game strategy a little bit better as well the algorithms are a, that's the one part i think that we definitely have an advantage over the algorithms algorithms with is the offensive line injuries and especially the impact of the offensive line injuries. Cause you know, like Jay said, if it's one of the really good offensive line players as well, and we know how good an offensive line guy is. And when he goes down, I mean, that can, that can just completely alter and shift a game plan and, and turn a game right on its head. A center goes out. I mean, center being kind of like the quarterback of a, of the offensive line. Um, a, another thing that I really, really look for because Uh, So many things can go wrong when a center goes out as well. So really, really looking for those offensive line injuries in play as well. That helps me kind of get that strategy. But uh, and, and yeah, I was one of those. I was one of those guys, as soon as the TV came on and saw the, uh, saw the weather over there in new England, I was one of the guys also hammering the under on that, like as many Perfect. times as, yeah, as many times as they would let me do it until they said, no, thank you. So that was that, that Sunday yes. was also one of my better Sundays in quite a long time. It was a bummer that Monday night ended so crappy for me, but, uh, yeah, Sunday was great. And and that was actually a prime example, Jay, being able to just, uh, see right there that that was going to be tough for them to one, kick the ball, throw the ball deep, all kinds of different things that, that were going to make that game difficult.
2: No question. Uh, I was just double checking the overall numbers yards per play. Again, surprisingly the Patriots Brady made enough plays, but again, they're under 300 yards. We've seen that a few times now recently in their total yardage, but the weather impacted clearly the ability to, to, to move the ball and, and especially inside the scoring range.
0: All right, Brett, we have three games on Thanksgiving Day. It is an amazing day for football. Everybody is home. Everyone's sitting around and everybody is watching. We talked several times about we get very few edges on the sports books. We're paying juice. We're, you know, whatever. We're not getting the odds we think we should get, whatever it might be. But we are getting... uh, you know from draftkings from fanduel from points bet from from all of these books that are trying to get market share one of the things we do get right from the get go are awesome deals and sign up bonuses and free money and match bets and all of the things like that well we have some of those on thanksgiving as well and and one in particular that you just have to do if you're going to be playing on on thursday
1: yeah, man, the, the holidays are a time of giving. And if, if you can believe it, the sports books are, are getting involved as well. All kinds of promos, like you said, being offered on the Thanksgiving weekend. DraftKings, FanDuel, FoxBet, free bets, free DFS contests with tens of thousands in guaranteed prizes. There's a bunch of fun cashback promotions for the three games on Thursday. DraftKings is giving out free legs in parlays, which I think is hilarious and awesome. Uh, creative stuff that just adds some excitement to the football viewing. Uh, So if you're, if you're in a state that offers legal sports betting or DFS, uh, there is free money to be had this week. You should definitely take advantage. And we've got all the details on the homepage at the lines and play picks. So I definitely check those out before you get too deep into the Thanksgiving partying on Thursday.
0: Yeah. Go ahead and just do it. You know, when you finish listening to this, just go ahead and do it then, because after you get a couple cocktails deep, you're going to forget about these (laughs) things. So just uh, go ahead and do it now and don't let these things get past you. But again, they are look, they're one of the cool things about the renaissance of what's going on right now. And this change of, of the landscape with sports betting is that people are trying to get your business and for them to try to get your business, they're doing some of these crazy promotions and cool things that are going on out there. And, definitely take advantage of those do not be left on the sidelines when it comes to those because it is it is positive ev and anytime we can be positive ev these are things that we are looking to do all right as always we are talking about uh, some of these look ahead games here now we do have the three games on thanksgiving and with people all probably going to be betting these games i think we should at least take a little bit of time here to give our thoughts the bears at the lions the bills at the cowboys the saints at the falcons the bears on the road as three-point favorites in this one the bills uh traveling to dallas as six and a half point dogs and the saints traveling to atlanta as six and a half point favorites brett right out of the get go here let's just start with the stinker on the card here which is the Bears and Lions. Really, the big thing here is the Lions quarterback situation. We know Matthew Stafford's not going to play, but now Jeff Driscoll has a hamstring injury. We understand that one of the things he brings to the table is his mobility. And uh, they were looking at trying to sign another quarterback. I don't know if that's the writing on the wall here that he's maybe way worse than they're even even kind of letting on here. But Uh, Bears three. I hate the Bears. You hate the Bears. We all hate the Bears. We hate Mitchell Trubisky. We hate Matt Nagy. There's no reason in the world that uh, to like this team other than the fact that you are looking at a Lions team that uh, has a defense that can be exploited and who in the hell knows going to be playing quarterback for them.
1: Yeah, this is the stinker of the week, but it's it's the most interesting spot of the week from the market side. I think the look ahead on this game was Lions minus one and a half, and then yes. Detroit embarrassed embarrassed itself <laughs> in a loss to the Redskins. Although that probably came down to a special teams touchdown for the Redskins, and then the Bears won. They didn't cover against the Giants, but they won, and the line the line on this game just flipped Sunday night and has now seen significant movement to the key number here as of Tuesday afternoon. It's there's a lot to look at here, especially you know if, if Driscoll is out we get david blau <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. how much how much how many more points is jeff driscoll worth than david blau i have no idea because i didn't know how many points uh, stafford is worth over driscoll so i mean this is a this is a confusing one uh you know the stubborn guy in me <laughs> likes the Lions a little bit just cause you know how I love my backup quarterbacks. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about a third string quarterback though that I've never heard of. So uh I def this is one I definitely want to dig into because I think there might be some value. Yeah 20, this Lions defense though. God.
0: 24 year old undrafted free agent from Purdue that did not really have any sort of pedigree whatsoever at Purdue to be an NFL quarterback which is pretty interesting here uh jay when you take a look at this one uh lions again catching points at home against a putrid bears offense but this whole uh this whole quarterback situation with the lions is pretty interesting
2: yeah i have some interest in detroit here i have something live going into that game played lines on the look ahead and some other bets that I made over the weekend. And so I want to see Driscoll in there, obviously. And I, I think it's clearly if he plays, this is a big overreaction. It's not an overreaction yet because the anticipation they're trying to get ahead of it with the quarterback change. I could definitely understand to see that, but for the bears to be laying three here with Driscoll, if he's good enough and healthy, to me is, uh, well, we saw the look ahead on this one and a half. Even the opener was one, and because of his situation, maybe it moved. But yeah, the Lions lost last week. The stats they controlled for the most 175 yards rushing at Washington. They held them to 86, and total yards, there were over 130 more. So it was just, you know, four turnovers. That's what happens. Um, they're going to lose. And the Bears were not impressive against the Giants four point nine yards per play at home against them so to me, if Driscoll goes, it's an automatic teaser for sure to me on the Lions. And um, I'll definitely be on Detroit taking three if I can get that. And I just say, what have the Bears done to, to warrant this? I mean, their yeah. defense is certainly better. Um, again, if you're if they were home, that tells you they'd be laying like nine. And uh, yeah, the quarterback certainly. So you you, uh, you, you want to avoid, I guess, the bet if it's the backup. To, mm. You got to watch it and see it. And maybe that brings an in in-game betting. And that's certainly why the total has been bet down as well, anticipation of maybe the backup going or the third stringer going.
0: Yeah, if this if this really starts smelling like a David Blau situation, you're probably going to catch me on the under, even if the under is 38 and a half, which is where it sits right now. (laughs) Um, Both of these teams. I mean, like, you know, I was telling Brett, my. My for the last month, him and I will talk about different games and like there's at least one game a week where I just say to him, you tell me how this team scores and then I'll and then I'll I'll see your side or whatever. And, uh, every one of those games is won so far in, in the last four weeks. And so this might be my this might be another one of these. Tell me how these goddamn teams score, because I mean, like, seriously, this is just uh, God, this is so putrid, this game. I think
1: I think there's a path to the Bears scoring, though. That's the crazy yeah. thing.
0: Yeah. yeah, running the ball. So I, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, running the ball, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, but if that's the case, do the Bears do enough to get this thing to 39? I, I you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, Just at least that's the one, early one, game. One,
2: one, one more comment. Yeah. Remember, they played recently 20 to 13, and for listeners that didn't watch or pay attention to Driscoll, I mean, he passed. 46 times that game for 269 yards. And like you said, he's got the mobility. And so the Lions defense has not been as good. But remember, even at home that game, when the Bears were, I think, fortunate to get the 20 to 13 win, Chicago only had 13 first downs then. Now they go on the road. Um, So, yeah, you're you're probably on the right track. But the Lions defense is going to have to play better. And you would definitely think they would back home now after last week's performance. So they'll they'll be ready to play it.
0: All right, Brett, it's your Bills. They are on the road at the Cowboys sitting at the game that everyone will definitely be watching because it comes around when everyone will be eating. So uh, tell me, what do you feel here about this uh, Buffalo Bills team on the road at the Cowboys? They are catching six and a half points as we sit right now, 45 and a half the total.
1: Well, this moved through the key number off the look ahead. So that gets by Spidey senses going with the Cowboys coming off the loss to the Patriots and the Bills winning again. And man, that Broncos game was... Weird. I could not have anticipated just how bad Brandon Allen looked. That dude could not complete a pass on Sunday. It was embarrassing. And I mean, the Bills, look, they continue to go out and handle their business. You cannot penalize them. They're winning games that they should win, but it's it's hard to give them any respect. Going to Dallas against a good football team. I think this line, I don't know, this line feels short, man. I I feel like there should be seven or more. So I I might get burned again by the bills who just continue to continue to cover when I, when
0: I uh, side against them. So uh, we'll see. I'll tell you, Jay, you look at this and I mean, this, this Cowboys coaching situation, Jason Garrett has just, I mean, every single week it's like, you just look at this and you go, certainly can't do something stupid again this week. And then he just does something stupid again. And he continues to do it and did it again this past week where he decided to kick a field goal when he still needed a touchdown. Regardless, and it's just, I mean, you just continue to shake your head. These guys make seven figures and you don't understand how these decisions continue to get made here. I got to be honest, um, you know, if this thing and it looks like it's, it's definitely going to move to seven, it might be hard to get me to stay off of this Bills team catching a a full touchdown here uh, strictly because of the way that Jason Garrett and this Cowboys team just continues to underimpress week after week after week after week despite all the talents everything that's going on there he's just hamstringing this team by the way he by the way he makes decisions.
2: Jerry Jerry Jones has certainly been loyal to him and most many of his coaches He's uh, he's been average at best, clearly. But, you know, back to Brett's comment and and on the line and where this could potentially go. Yes. Yeah, seven. This is going to be a very popular teaser play. We, we're pretty sure on the yeah. Cowboys. And I won't I won't do that. Um, Dallas has not beaten a winning team this year. They have not beat a team with a winning record. They I think yeah, the maybe Bills. when they play, maybe, maybe when they, <laughs> they're going to beat the Bills. Huh? Um, so, you know, think think. When, when you're looking at the line and, and clearly some things can play out in the game and the penalties and it's Thanksgiving in Dallas and how's Dallas going to lose this game at home. And they're they got, you know, to keep the division lead and all of that. Um, certainly there's more seemingly more motivation, but the bills defense I look at is still statistically, they're one of the top five and they should be able to keep them in this game. And if you, if you look at it from a line step, but if this game was in Buffalo, they're telling you that the line would be, uh, you know, like pick them and Dallas should not even be They They should be an underdog. They, they, they just should. We talked about this last week. Uh, I talked about the quarterbacks and young and tough place to go play. And what is, uh, has Dallas shown now? Uh, yeah. They're the number one passing team. They're leading the last three weeks. They're leading the league in 340 some passing yards a game. Guess what? The bills, you know, they'll put pressure on them and they'll be in there. So uh, to me, it's bills are passed. I haven't played it yet. Um, certainly will not tease Dallas uh it would seemingly be that they're gonna have a real strong performance now back home but i gotta i gotta see better performances against the better teams and yeah the bills are not new england minnesota green bay new orleans they're not that level and that's dallas has lost to. but uh bill's defense is good enough i think to keep keep them close
0: well, Jay, let's talk about a leg that does look pretty interesting as far as the teaser goes. New Orleans Saints, six and a half point favorites on the road at the Falcons. Falcons came back down to earth last week. We all suspected that it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors that was going on with that Falcons team. And lo and behold, there was some smoke and mirrors that were going on. And the Bucs and Jameis Winston go get it done against this Falcons team. And actually, not only that, Falcons offense looked bad as well. So not only did the defense come back down to earth, but the offense couldn't get anything going against this Buck secondary that had been torched all year long. Now the Saints prime for a teaser here, taking that six and a half down to a half point here. You talked about maybe the Lions as a leg as well. Do you have your turkey day teaser here on the Saints and Lions, maybe?
2: <laughs> that's the way I would look. I haven't done it, but I yeah, that's after what the Saints how they performed against Atlanta the first time, you know they're gonna be ready here and very motivated to come back uh stronger. I think um, I'm going to dig into the the last handful of weeks more in this total because I think on a Thanksgiving and um, yeah, their divisions teams and they know each other. We didn't see the scoring in the first time, but we're I'm certain we're going to see much more scoring than we saw when these teams met at 26 to nine and the the first round. And the Saints will certainly perform better, play better, put up more points. And last week again, they showed that they're vulnerable. I mean, they gave up. Uh, a pretty balanced attack to the Panthers last week. And I think the Falcons back home will will definitely be, for years we've seen them talk about how Matt Ryan is very strong and back in this, uh, home field and how they perform well I think this total is going to be uh, A little more scoring than expected and I'm not I'm probably not going to shy away from 48 48 and I think we're going to see that probably Go up a little bit
0: yep uh, Let's see let's see here Brett you know I told You'd be prepared we were going to have a turkey day Teaser and what 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 do you Think about a saints lions here uh, Teaser leg getting that Saints down to basically a pick them half point So all I got to do is win this Thing's not going to tie so uh, and then you get that lines uh, up through even the eight, if you will, if you will, at this at this number, which eight becoming a little bit more of a number that we look at now with the two point conversion becoming much more popular. Uh, what do you think about that?
1: I am not a teaser guy, but <laughs> this looks this looks right. I mean, I'm I'm already I, I like the lines as it is. So, I mean, th- this feels right. Definitely. I mean, look. There are some narratives here with the Saints, like Jay said, that they just lost his 14-point favorites at home to this team a few weeks ago. They certainly haven't forgotten that. They're going to show up for this game. They've got a lot more to play for in this spot, so... Uh, i i can i can get behind the turkey day teaser.
0: Let's talk just two of the games that are going to draw a lot of action here this coming week and give our, you know, early in the week opinions here even earlier than normal. We should just sit here on a Tuesday cuz we want to get this to you guys before Thursday. But the 49ers on the road at the Ravens going to be the game that everybody is talking about all week long here. Six point favorites at home are this Ravens team Brett I might have made a rule for myself last night, and I think my rule for myself is Ravens or pass for the rest of the season. If I feel the urge Uh to bet against the Ravens, I think I'm just going to pass on the game. If I feel good about a Ravens bet, then I'm going to bet on the Ravens, and I don't know if I'm going to fade the Ravens moving forward because it's two different times this year that I have thought that defenses that have played at a high level throughout the course of the season would be able to figure out a way to limit what Lamar Jackson is able to do and two times I have been wrong on that and I don't feel like I want to be uh, I don't feel like I want to be wrong again I don't feel like I want to be wrong three times in the course of a season on this and cost myself even more money
1: yeah it's tough because he is so dynamic but the, the the Niners have so much speed on that defensive line I think if there's a team that can do it I feel like I can't I can't wait for this game. <laughs> I think this, I think I think this could be a Super Bowl preview. I, I love the way the Niners are playing. They've got their they've got their guys back. Kittle was awesome on Sunday night. Uh, we kind of saw that. We saw that one playing out kind of like it did. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I have not really taken a deep dive into this game yet. I can't wait to, and then I can't wait to watch it again. So very excited about this one. Um, as far as the Ravens or fade, I just again I can't. I can't see myself not betting against them when their price just continues to climb. How high can it go before it actually reaches where it should? I don't know, but it's it's so hard for me to, to, to not at least take a look at the other side against them.
0: It's going to be interesting to me to see how the Ravens decide <laughs> to play Kittle in this game because um, – I would probably just stick Marlon Humphrey on him. You know, I would probably let Jimmy Smith and Marcus Peters do their thing and let Marlon Humphrey, who's played a really good slot corner so far this year, basically operate over the middle, kind of shadowing, uh, George Kittle, because I mean, we we said this when we uh, Brett, you and I, when we were kind of handicapping this game on the podcast last week where we said, hey, look, if the 49ers have all their dudes back, then the 49ers of the play, if they don't have their dudes, then maybe it's the Packers, because this 49ers team is just a completely different team without their dudes. Well, they had their dudes. And what did they do? They got there and smash. And so um, to me, I think if you're the Ravens, you look at George Kittle and you say, hey, look, you know, beat me with Debo Samuel, if you want to, and beat me with Manny Sanders, but I'll be damned if I'm going to let you beat me with George Kittle. Uh, pretty interesting game here to look at, though, Jay. I mean, we have two of the premier teams in the league, but we have, we have a six-point spread in this thing.
2: There's a lot of things to, I think, watch in this game for future um, as you look towards the playoffs. And uh, first of all, let me just comment the weather. I think it's going to at least be getting colder here in Baltimore. And I think maybe if you're just hesitant on the side a little bit, uh, the better side is the better way to look is maybe the total. And you've got the two number one running teams, not only in rushing yards, but in rushing attempts, they both run it for 30, well over 30 times per game. And so it's going to be a battle of who can control the line of scrimmage and who can put their will on. And I think, you know, you have to watch how is Lamar Jackson now going to perform against an elite defense this season, anyway. Uh, the 49ers have it. They're. Uh, I think you want to see how he progress, how he has his progressions, how he's making his decisions in the pocket when he has to scramble and make the passes. Because this is the test. Even though it's at home, this is going to be a real test, and and maybe tell you how things come in the playoffs. Because he's again, the playoffs he's going to have to face. You know, the best defenses throughout. But I think the total is better to look. I will not play the Ravens. The stock is through the roof here on this team. Doesn't mean they won't. Get the win and cover, but I won't be there. It'll be um, if I did. I, I'm with you. I, I will never say never. Like I won't play against the team, but I will say I think it's caution. Maybe you have to take an approach of either play on them or pass. But if I play aside, I'm I'm looking at the 49ers, but I'm going to be on the I'm going to be on the under in this game. I think the defense, the Ravens defense, has shown very strong. The San Francisco's has been very consistent most of the year, and I think this is going to be a real playoff type game. And I think the under is still pretty high. 46 and a 47, I think 46 and a half now is coming down a little bit. So that's where I'll be.
0: I think the other game, everyone is going to be talking about Vikings and Seahawks, that Monday night game, nearly a week away. So we're not going to have a ton of numbers for you and things that we're digging into, but two teams that are very much in the playoff hunt, two teams that a lot of people are saying could be sneaky. Come playoff time here. Brett, when we take a look at this Vikings team, looks like they're going to have Adam Thielen back, which really kind of rounds out that team, which, look, they've been playing well anyway without him, but having Adam Thielen back, of course, you want to have that two-headed monster out there between him and Diggs, and then, then then you throw in Dalvin Cook, and you really are cooking with that team and then you see this Seahawks team that I was all 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 over this week won me so much money and thank you so much Russell Wilson and Seahawks for everything you did for me this week I will buy you guys a bottle of champagne if you were ever in Vegas it was a splendid week thanks to you at home as two and a half point favorites here Um, again early 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 and we, everyone understands that but Vikings Seahawks two playoff bound teams it looks like what do you think about this thing?
1: Yeah, this is one team that I like to fade on the road outdoors and another team that has as strong a home field advantage in this league. That matters. I think you, you know, you have to kind of throw away the three-point home field o- away with these two teams. I think it matters more for the Seahawks. So initially, I look at this as advantage Seahawks. I think this probably should be three and a half. So we'll see where the line moves uh, throughout the week. But the, yeah, the, like you said, the field return – Definitely matters. He's such a crucial part of this offense because they've had nobody really outside really? of Diggs to throw the ball to. BC Johnson and uh, Laquan Treadwell, you know, yeah, yeah, Treadwell. Yeah, yeah,
0: Laquan <laughs> Treadwell. Yeah, and they haven't is, had
1: Rudolph. I mean, it's you know they, they've got they've got to get their their weapons back. And Thielen is Thielen's it. So this is going to be an awesome game. We kind of we went past the Patriots and Texans. That one's also kind of interesting too. But I guess we'll, we'll get into that uh, later in the week. But. Uh, some 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 uh, some fun games this week, especially later uh, later in the week.
0: Jay, any thoughts on that? Pats, Texans, or Vikings, Seahawks? Uh, again, a week away, but uh, you know, there's there's going to be people. Sunday night game, Monday night game. These are going to be two massive handle games.
2: Bet the Vikings at three, and i uh, well. If they get the three and a half, you'll see. And I, I agree with Brett. The Vikings outdoors uh, at times have shown that there's a struggle, and this this home field is very strong, but. Um, Seattle is. They are. Uh, they're living well. They're This is not a nine and two team. They're not as good as their record. And clearly, you are what you are. You can argue all that. This is a defense that's still allowing five point eight yards per play. Um, I don't see. I just don't see, I've been, I've been, maybe, <laughs> I mean, I've been on here a number of times saying they're not as good as their record and they find ways to win. And Wilson has been, It had. he's had to carry this team offensive because their defense has been giving up, you know, a lot of points throughout the season. And this past week, of course, they show pretty well, but, you know, Philly's banged up and they got injuries and they don't have the receivers and uh, I, the Vikings is a to me um, a pretty good play this week and uh, I'll definitely be on them I'm going to watch a little bit I, I played them three because I thought the line would come down and not go up but I'm going to see where it's at moving forward and then uh, back to kind of the rest of the schedule as you look forward we've talked a little bit about this but um, uh, I think the Vikings have been battle tested throughout I think they're going to be uh, they're going to show well here uh, e- even in a tough environment on Monday night
0: a little bit of news just as we were sitting here recording this and funny, we were just got off a giant diatribe about this whole game here and, and different things that we look for Ravens placed their center on injured reserve. And, uh, and we know that that rushing attack for the Ravens is so incredibly massive. He had not missed a single snap before, uh, before week 12. So, uh, Interesting there, Brett. We were just you were just asking things we look for, and the center for the Ravens with a team that runs the ball as much as they do, going down a guy that uh, a guy that had not missed a snap heading into to week number twelve.
1: I am going to be. I have a feeling by the end of the week, I'm going to be all over the forty. <laughs> I'm things. gonna I'm gonna have to do it like you you said. It's yeah. Ravens or, or, or fade. I just I I have to go 40th. under. <laughs> or under, or under. Yeah, I guess you could go that way, but man.
0: Interesting, That's interesting That's big stuff big against for that sure. defensive it line. It is, man. it really, really is. Guys, enjoy your Thursday football. Seriously, enjoy the time with friends and family and take it all in. It is pretty much no better day in sports because everybody's sitting at home, everybody's going to be watching, everybody you text or talk to is going to have an opinion on things that are going on. So Thursday games are... So incredible and we do talk a little bit of DFS on this podcast and Brett I think it should we shouldn't get out of here without saying that traditionally to me Thursday Thanksgiving Thursday has been the very best day of DFS for me over the last basically five or six years because of the reasons we just mentioned because everyone's home everyone's (laughs) off work everyone is looking for something to gamble on and you get people firing up their DraftKings accounts that haven't even logged in since last Thanksgiving and start playing. And typically Thanksgiving Thursday has been incredibly profitable. So if you are out there and you kind of dabble in the DFS streets, I would highly recommend getting involved on Thanksgiving Thursday.
1: Yeah. Especially that free contest on DraftKings. If you've never played that's a great one to get, you know, just try out. Uh, historically, I've been awful on Thanksgiving Day because I forget to like change my lineup <laughs> during the day, which is never good. Uh, I get easily distracted on Thanksgiving Day because we're, we're traveling around around Buffalo. Right, so, right, uh, right. That is, I mean, look, that's that's more value for guys like you. If you're going to be camped out, then I should
0: say, yeah. If you're going to be camped out, then yeah, yeah. If you're going to be camped out, definitely uh, take advantage of that because man, it is just. Actually, you brought up a great point because there's going to be people who want to play who really can't pay all that much attention because they're having to do the different, you know, different houses and family things and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's Thanksgiving Thursday has traditionally been very, very good to me and probably. Can be good to you as well guys as always every bit of the content on the lines and play play picks is absolutely free so please go and take a look at all the articles jay does great work over there we got some other guys doing some really great work breaking down basically every single thing that you can bet on here in this great land of ours so uh, take advantage of all of that stuff and of course the very awesome thanksgiving day offers that are coming out with these sports books that are all broken down over there on the lines and play picks as well For Brett, for Jay, I'm Matt. See you guys next week.